XNO. The Bears signed wide receiver Joe Reed to a reserve futures contract. Reed had been on the Chargers practice squad for the past three seasons. The Cubs outright sent right-handed pitcher Mark Leiter Jr. to their AAA minor league affiliate in Iowa after going unclaimed on waivers. Austin Matthews and David Pasternak were among the final 12 players selected by the fans to be in the NHL All-Star Game next month in Florida. I'm Seth Everett. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studio, with amazing slow-smoked wings and world-famous baby back ribs, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Hi, Millery Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Another hour to go here as we take you up until 1 o'clock. Murph and Andy had won the drive with Heather and Sean today, as always, from 3 until 6. Tom Kakert in 20 minutes, right now off to Las Vegas. He's Mike Palm, Vice President of Operations at Circus Sports. Mike, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are things? Good morning. Good morning from very windy Las Vegas. Very windy Las Vegas. Well, hey, I just heard something. Did you? Were you listening to the? You might have been talking to Trent the the the, the update there. Since you're a hockey guy, I didn't real. How in the world is Austin Matthews? Is it up to the fans to put him on the All Star? This is one of the best players in the league, bar none. I think he's the best American-born player to ever lace up his skates, Mike. That's how much I feel about Austin Matthews. And he wasn't named to the All Star team. Come on. Uh, they- that's a little over the top, Kenny, but I share you. Who is? Who is? Uh, well, I'm just saying, the best American-born player ever? Yeah, right now. Who do you think it is? Oh, You mean today and today's game? No, 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 of all time. I think when it's all said and done, Matthews is the guy. Maybe. Maybe he is. Yeah. I, the, I, I'm, I'm a Mike Madonna guy. No, right he's now. a good player. Yeah. yeah. Chelios. Um, yeah, it's it's ridiculous that he's he's not one of the top right. selections in the conference to be on an all-star team or or their division now however they do it with these all-star games by by division um it, it is surprising and of course uh your jets couldn't get it done like uh, that. thanks <laughs> yeah it was brutal uh anyways <laughs> so uh let's let's get to the divisional uh the divisional games uh, we talked about it on our iowa everywhere podcast let's i guess let's go back and you said that this weekend wild card weekend just continues to build uh and with it being a three-day event everybody had to get there assuming uh, you know you get there on friday and people stayed through monday right for the most part uh this had to be a real boon this extra day to the properties in las vegas yeah, Monday was terrific. We even saw some carryover into Tuesday in terms of the casino play as well and the restaurants and the bars, lounges. Um, yeah, it's terrific. It, I think it's clearly establishing itself as the third biggest weekend in Vegas behind March Madness and Super Bowl, uh, even more so than the first uh, opening weekend of, uh, of the NFL. And the action was terrific. Of course, um, the betters did pretty well this past weekend because if you did the brain the brain dead money line parlays and the appropriate teasers. Obviously, Buffalo got too big to tease. Um, but if you did the appropriate, you know, obviously you didn't have any false moves there. No, nobody came close to getting beat other than Cincinnati. But they cover and they covered the teasers. Uh, they win the game. They covered the money line. They covered the teasers. Everybody had them. Um, everybody had San Francisco. That was dicey for a half. And then they pulled away in the second half. Buffalo was included. And then people. You know, thank God that the Cowboys didn't win by three to ten because, you know, the, the people tied Dallas into their parlays or 
they put Tampa Bay as the last leg of their teaser catching ten at catching uh, nine and a half. So uh, it worked out that Dallas won by enough margin that we only lost one side of that. Just got a text, by the way. If you forgot about Patrick Kane, yeah, apparently I did. <laughs> yeah, pretty good too. Anyways, my. Mike, uh, let's jump into what we're going to see this weekend. Let's just run through these four games here in the divisional round. Start with Kansas City as they host Jacksonville. It feels kind of like a pros versus Joes type of game. Kansas City, 6-10-1 against the number this year, have not been good covering. Got that backdoor situation. Certainly feels like it's going to be open after the comeback we saw out of Jacksonville last week. What do you anticipate on this one? And you got to lay on this one? Well, here's a game where the numbers creeped up to 9. And, and I think that's a little teaser protection too, right? You don't want to, it's tough because these games that are seven, seven and a half, eight, even eight and a half, so teasable. Uh, you get to nine, now you got to use seven point teasers, six and a half, and, and it creeps up. I, I would be astonished if Jacksonville won this game. That would, to me, be the most surprising result of the weekend. I still don't think you've seen four consistent quarters out of Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he was awful in the first half. Yeah. Uh, it took it took Brandon Staley to get them into this round. And, you know, I think the total here might be a bit high uh, at 53 when I look at this game. I'm going to have the same teaser that everybody, mm-hmm. Paul, Mary, John, Joe, Jack, is going to have Chiefs to Eagles on, uh-huh. on Saturday. But I look a little bit at 53 here. Look at Kansas City's propensity – in games they've had to lead to really run the ball in the second half. Andy Reid's done that more than any time in his whole career this year. They're not interested in, in putting up big numbers. They're interested in winning games and moving on. Things are breaking well for them, it would seem, to get back to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, the back door could be open, and I think they they try to shorten the game should they get ahead by two scores here in this one. So you're you're saying that, uh, that the books are bracing for a Kansas City-Philadelphia. Saturday could be real bad if both of those heavy favorites uh, win, regardless if they cover or not. Well, it, I mean, if the Chiefs win by one, that'll be okay. We're going to need the Eagles to lose outright to the Giants, right? Because the teasers are down to a half, right. half a point per yep. point. So. We we could thread the needle with Chiefs by one would be okay, but one of these two days it's going to be a bloody Saturday unless the college hoops goes well for us. Um, if if Chiefs and uh, Eagles uh, march on, what are you seeing in the nightcap? The Eagles and the Giants, big favorite, number one seed coming off a bye against this upstart Giants team that finds a way and found a way again last week against the Vikings. Yeah, I I think if you like. The Giants, you should take this number now. I don't see it going to eight. Might go back to seven. There's a lot of Giants money. We tried as hard as we could last week. We even went to 130 on Giants plus three minus 130 plus 110 minus three on Minnesota, and we still couldn't hold it. We had to go to two and a half like the rest of the market. Um, you know, the Giants are a, a pretty sharp side. Um, I think this game is a little more public eagle. And sharps on Giants. Not, I, I don't want to be so binary on it because it's not that way. But it, it's tending to me when I'm looking at the bets coming in to be that way. Um, I think the whole wild card here is how, how healthy is Hurts, right. and will Hurts run the ball? If Hurts is healthy and he feels comfortable, they incorporate him in called running plays, and he can scramble. Um, I think the Eagles will be just fine. But if, if he's C.J. Stroud and he, you know, he, he shies away from ever running the football. Um, because he's favoring favoring the injury, then 
uh, I think the Giants are alive. So, and you said yesterday on the podcast, Mike, that this is one of these games that you're going to watch very closely for for that very reason. You want to see Hurts and, and how he looks before. This is an in-game play for you. Yeah, I want to see in the first couple drives, is Sirianni calling running plays with Hurts involved? Is Hurts looking to use his feet? Is he going to, is he going to look to run upfield, the middle of the field, when he has an opportunity? Or is he going to try to scramble to the sideline? Because if he if he doesn't have that's what makes them a very tough team that six back offense when you can consider him another one of the back they're really tough to defend and they exploited the Giants he rushed and and you know the last game was a little bit of an anomaly but whatever the week twelve or thirteen or fourteen when they played you know he ran for seventy six yards as well so I think that's the difference the Giants are you know when you have a very stationary quarterback like Kirk Cousins that's never going to scramble and needs play action it's one thing to defend and a, and a quarterback that can move is a whole different animal. You know, one of the things I look at this game, I just wonder that step up going from what we've seen the Vikings defense seemingly all season long into this Philadelphia defense. They're good. Do you see many cracks in Philly? I know they don't change a whole lot schematically. They're not. They just kind of play defense, and they've been really good at it this year. How can the Giants exploit them on that side? Well, if anything, their weakness has been their run defense, Trent. And, you know, you've got the home run hitter at Barkley. Sure. I game up in Minnesota, you know, he gets the touchdown run, and instead of having to play from behind like they did the first time they met on Christmas Eve, they got to play from in front. It's a much different game. So I think they're going to have to get Barkley the ball. You can't get behind in the game so that the Eagles can pin their ears back and rush the passer, but I think they got to they got to look at running the ball. And you know, Daniel Jones is, is, is a mobile quarterback as well and not afraid to take the ball up the middle and, and beat these. Remember that game in London against Green Bay, it was his legs that really mm-hmm. led to the victory over the Packers. Let's go to Sunday, Cincinnati, a banged-up offensive line. I, I would have loved Cincinnati in this spot. I'm just not sure that they're going to be able to protect Joe Burrow. He's, his receivers with Chase Higgins and Boyd, that uh, trifecta, I think is as good as we're going to see this weekend. I like Hayden Hurst, their tight end. But can Burrow, who's run for his life this since, seemingly since he got into the league, Mike, uh, are they able to give him the protection that he will need? I think their defense, Cincinnati's a little underrated. I can make a case for both teams in this game uh, on Sunday uh, as the lid lifter. Well, the case for Buffalo is the, is the offensive line of Cincinnati, and the case for Cincinnati is just Buffalo. I mean, they're so inconsistent. That game was 17-0. The Dolphins were dead and buried. That's supposed to be 31-3, to mm-hmm. and, and they couldn't even win the first half. I mean, Allen has not been – there's something wrong. This team was a prohibitive Super Bowl favorite through the first seven, six, seven weeks of the year. They went into Kansas City. They won. But they haven't been – they can't run the ball when they need to run the ball. They have to throw the ball. When they get in, in, in into third and fourth and short, you know they're not running the ball because it's not consistent enough in that game. I, I don't know. I wonder if the weather will be a factor here. Um, it's a different offense for the for the Bengals to defend than what they had to do with Baltimore. I think, you know, it, it got to six for a few minutes yesterday. I think at six, you cannot play the Bills. It would be a Bengals play. But this, to me, is a lot of the luster's off this game because of the Bills' inconsistency, and then the Bengals' offensive line. This this cut would have sort of been the co-feature of the weekend to me on Sunday. But now, to me, clearly the nightcap is, is what everybody's waiting for. Let's get into it here. San Francisco, currently a four-point favorite at Circa. 46.5 is the number here. What do you see, and where's the bets coming in on 49ers-Cowboys? This will go back and forth. Um, some places still clung to three and a half. I, I, I think it, it closes four or four and a half, but people are passionate on both sides. 
it, it, it's tough to underestimate the support that this Dallas as America's team still gets. It's a, especially hmm. out where we live in the West and South. You know, there's not that many Arizona Cardinal fans, <laughs> and it's it's really, you know, they they control a whole center section of the country, um, Texas North and to the West. Um, so you'll always get that Dallas Monday. It was 90% Dallas people in the book Monday night for the game against Tampa. Um, so, but uh, to me, this is the game that, that that's worth a straight bet here. I like the 49ers. I, to me, I don't think the 49ers should be a shorter favorite than the Bills are. I'd have made this game five and a half and then let the public take it. If it took it down, it took it down. But Dak has the game of his life. Purdy's a lot more mobile and agile than Tom Brady. I mean, Tampa looked very bad on Monday yeah, night. Brady looked old. What do you put into the line the fact that you have a place kicker you can't rely on? What's <laughs> right. McCarthy going to do here? It has to be I mean, part of your handicap, right? It, it has to be. Either they're going to go on fourth down, or they're mm-hmm. going to try at the points, so or they're going to go for two. I don't think you can mess around with San Francisco like that. You're going to need every point you can get. To me, it's worth a point to a point and a half in the line. And, and that's why, if Brett Maher, you know, went five for five on extra points and kicked the field goal and there was no questions going into this game, then maybe I could see the game being four, but I can't with having Steve Sachs as your place kicker. What uh, what day's going to be busier in the book, Saturday or Sunday? Well, uh, I see, that's a loaded question. Because there's college hoops? And there's UFC Saturday night. Oh, so sure. That, that's loaded because so it'll be Saturday overall. But if it was just you're just thinking about the, the matchups here, it would be Sunday. So I would say like Sunday will be stronger at Stadium Swim than Saturday. Interesting. And which game will get uh, which game will attract more action? Do you think of the four? Well, one of the night games are are late games. I would assume the Eagles is actually a night game. San Fran kicks it to what five thirty Central, three thirty Pacific. Which game will see the more action? Most action? Oh, oh it won't be close. It'll Dallas? be Cowboys Niners. Now, second is interesting. Um, the Sunday morning game, I would have said, but you know, I talked to Thomas Gable, who's the race and sports director at Borgata. Mm-hmm. You, you know, he told me the Giants Eagles, and they're in Atlantic City, obviously, yep. where there's a lot. Of, there's New York and Philadelphia, obviously. That might be the biggest non Super Bowl right they'll do in their history at Borgata. Uh-huh. It's been open since 2003. He said it's just incredible the action on this game. Have you been to Atlantic City? I worked at the Borgata. Oh, I didn't know that. I opened the Borgata, and I was there for a year before I came back to the Midwest for a year before I came to Vegas. So, yeah, I lived in Brigantine and worked at the Borgata. Did you like it? I, I, I hated my. It wasn't ever very long. It was there for like two days, but that was two days too many. <laughs> well, look, the Borgata is a, a beautiful property. Uh-huh. But I could not adjust to the difference in culture. Yes. And and I don't. I, I just mean in focus of life. It's like... To, to me, where we come from in Iowa, you say hello to people. And, right. I mean, they're, yes. they're all with their head down. And don't bother me. I have something to do. I mean, I, it took me months to get used to the New York attitude and to figure out I couldn't deal with it. Yeah, and you know what else, too? The Eastern time zone. I know you went to school in it, so you got a little bit adjusted, but I just I hate the Eastern time zone. I don't know why. I just well, do. You, for watching sports. That's it. Yeah. Well, you know, me and, me, me, me and my bedtime, Mike. <laughs> I mean, from where we're at here in the West, perfect, perfect, right? Yeah. I mean, the game, the game started ten, nine a.m., ten a.m., oh four p.m., and we never have to, you know, a late game goes to oh, it's late, it's ten fifteen. You know, <laughs> there's one a.m. The game starts done. I mean, it's ridiculous, and you got to wait till seven o'clock for the games to start. Yeah, brutal, horrible, horrible. Hey, I uh, want to ask you a big story in the world of sports betting last week, and it was the big bet that was made 
at DraftKings, and then it was put mm, out yeah. on social media. Metcalf, he had plenty of things to say. Benson, two circa guys, <laughs> had plenty to say on Twitter about that. And, and the thought process behind it, you have this guy that made this million-dollar wager to make 11000 Yeah, betting a lot to make a little. And it didn't turn out for him. And maybe embarrassing for the better. Now, we didn't get their name or anything like that. What's your takeaway and kind of that back and forth that was out there in sports gambling Twitter? Well, it's our position. We don't publish specific bets when it can be tracked to a person. So mm-hmm. even if you don't know the person's name, the guy's probably identified that with his bet because there's none other like it. The other thing is it's very it's very unfathomable about you get this much down in a game. I mean, even you know guys that can get 250000 down pre-flop, it's really hard for them to get 100000 on an in-game wager. There's just too much volatility in the market and the delay in television feeds that places right. will book that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get it. Somebody's up 27 to nothing, so the next play isn't going to make the whole game. But just, to me, I, I don't know. The story seems something's wrong with it. Hmm. Yeah, I could see, um, you know, if, if, if a better beats the book, I think it's good for both the better maybe to get a little uh, puff his chest out a little mm-hmm. bit. It's also good for the book to, look, it, it can be done. Uh, we just gave this guy, this guy just cashed his tickets for X amount of money. Uh, but I, I didn't like it, Mike, and I, I think we're seeing too much of it anyways. Well, well, well yeah, the, the only reaction from the public can be, what an idiot. Right. How about, how, how about all the times a guy bet, well, let's just say 200000 to pick up 10000 on a prohibitive favor. They're going to publish all of those, too? Mm-hmm. Right. No, uh, uh, not good. One uh, final thing. I, I saw this offshore. Don't know if you guys have booked it or even are able to book it. Will Brett Maher miss an extra point against San Francisco? <laughs> the yes is 3-1, to one, the no minus Joke. 500. Is that something you guys can book, would book? No, we, we could, but, I mean, I saw that price. I think the price is wrong. I do too. I think it, I'd, I'd take the yes at plus three dollars. Mm-hmm. I think it should be more like one sixty. I thought the exact same thing. Uh, uh, <laughs> crazy. Hey, tell us about this poker term. You guys starting to get into poker? Um, it's, uh, Greg Maddox is involved. You, Derek, and, uh, and and Greg Maddox, Hall of Fame pitcher, of course, began his career, or at least made a stop here mm-hmm. on his way to the majors in Des Moines. Um, what, what's that all about, Mike? Yeah, he has a charitable organization called Baller Dreams. <clears throat> it's a little bit like Make-A-Wish for, for cancer, but, you know, Make-A-Wish stops at like 14, right? It's the only kid, and I believe Maddox is, goes up to 25. So it's for young people with cancer and supporting them. And so they're doing their first poker tournament to raise money for their their cause, and they're going to do it at Legacy Club. We're starting to get it. It's, it's an incredible place to do a poker tournament we do them in the evening you know with that panoramic view in the city and the lights up there and that beautiful bar we we did one for bernie nichols uh kenny his foundation last year we did now we're doing the alumni ones for the night greg maddox is having one on the 30th it's a whole weekend at circa the 30th of uh of april we're going to do one with kenny lawson in december so we're starting to get into this business more and more um, and, of course, Derek and I just love it because we get to hang out with, with Clint <laughs> Maddox and, and all these guys. And speaking of Mike Madonna is going to be in. Uh, nice. It's going to actually be in, in his tournament in Maddox's. And so um, you can go to Circa Las Vegas to look at it or Ball or Dreams, either of those websites. The public can, and that's a lot of corporate packages, but the public can buy a, a ticket for the whole weekend, which would include dinner at Barry's Friday night, hanging out at the pool Saturday, and then the poker tournament, which which the prize pool, I think, is guaranteed at 100000 5000 mm. per person, and that guarantees your entry in the poker tournament as well. That sounds like it. Sounds like, what's Bernie Nichols doing now? 
I mean, obviously, he's got made a lot of money in the league. Yeah, he's he's playing a lot of golf. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Mike Palm, Circus Sports, VP of Operation. Uh, thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, folks. Have a great week. Yep. Good to talk to you. Mike Palm, Vice President, uh, Operations, a Des Moines guy, Des Moines guy, an Iowa guy, Dubuque guy, born mm-hmm. and raised, now the VP of Ops at Circa. Uh, sounds like he likes the Niners. Mm-hmm. Sounds like they're bracing for a Chargers Philadelphia lot of. Uh, How can you not hit that teaser this weekend? It seems like it's too easy. It is. So who screws it up? You think the Giants? I think the Giants screw it up. I like the Giants. Oh, we don't want your picks coming up here. Well, that's true. Yeah, it is one of them, no doubt about it. Twenty-five after the hour of noon. Now let's do this. Time for another thousand-dollar slam dunk. Go to kxno.com, and since you're there, you can enter this nationwide keyword contest by inserting the word "pay" at kxno.com. You'll see the pop-up box. Insert "pay." Your chance to win a thousand dollars. Pay at kxno.com. Tom Cakert is next. Miller and Condon are with you until 1 on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call where you get your podcasts. There are no words to describe it. The isolation. The boredom. The loneliness. If you're wondering where your teenage son or daughter's spirit went, you're hardly alone. The past year has been devastating, especially for them. But here's the good news. They might just find it again, playing high school sports. Workouts that stimulate, teammates and coaches that care, the sense of belonging so many of us have been missing lately. That's what school sports are all about. The sense of achievement is real, and the camaraderie is hard to beat. Coping with uncertainty is difficult, but school sports can help the teenagers in your family start feeling like themselves again. Encourage them to give it a try. High school sports, it's so much more than a game. This message presented by the Iowa High School Athletic Association and the Iowa High School Athletic Directors Association. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1- Until the Murph sent you. Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, 1230. We're here until one hour picks. Still to come before we get out of here. Uh, let's get to Tom Kickert. Hawkeye Report, part of On3Media.com. Hello, Tom Kickert. Trent and Ken, how are you? 
Hello, gentlemen. I'm doing well. I hope you guys are doing well. Absolutely. I want to start with the Big Ten Network special, Chris Street. I know it's a couple of days ago. I can't get over yeah. it. It was so incredibly well done. Transported me right back to 1993 and what I missed when I had my two-year respite out to Colorado. Um it's just an incredible story. It was so well done, Mike, Tom. Um, I enjoyed it from start to finish. Obviously, it's a tough topic, but boy, oh, boy, they did a job. They did a number on it in a positive way. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I had pretty high expectations for it coming in just based on some things that I've heard, and it exceeded it. Um, boy, you know, I, the, the box of Kleenex was next to me yeah, a couple me too. times. Yeah, me um, you know, the, I'll tell you the, the moment that broke me was seeing Dr. Tom cry. Mm. Um, just because I don't think I've ever seen him cry. I don't think he ever really cried during or showed that emotion publicly. And, you know, to see him, you know, really just kind of break down and see Gary close, uh, yeah. break down. It was just, that was tough to watch. Mm-hmm. And, um, to hear Mike street talk about the, cop coming to his door and, yes. and that he just fell to the ground i mean mm-hmm. that's and then the youngest sister having to tell mom would yeah every one of us as a parent would would you know oh. it's our worst nightmare sure you know it's yeah. this you know what got me for the first time and it was was tom Izzo of all things talking about yeah. the crowd in overtime and the, and the crowd didn't know who to cheer for yeah, I mean, just they yeah. got caught up in it. It was so well done, so so well done. Well, uh, let's get to the here and now. Uh, let's try to have a follow up. Um, let's. Uh, you asked the question, the Patrick McCaffrey question. It seems as though Dolph maybe got a little ahead of himself um, uh, in the last broadcast that he thought he was going to play Wednesday. Had there been a game before we knew about the cancellation? Um, you asked the question. I thought uh, McCaffrey was uh, Coach McCaffrey was very forthright. Uh, how did he answer it? For those of you who have it, for those of uh, didn't hear it, yeah, he acknowledged that he's doing better, which is great, um, and that he's back at practice, which is also good for Iowa basketball. Just because I think they could use another player up front. I don't know that. I think they were still up in the air about him playing this week, but. Maybe it's trending that way that, you know, maybe he'll play. But I, I think he's just going to be kind of eased back in, um, if you know what I mean. Kind of just um, uh, get his win back a little bit, come off the bench. It's not. I don't know that it's going to be um, 25 minutes, mm-hmm. but more, um, more like, you know, 10, 15 minutes where he's going to just kind of get out there and see how it goes. And then if he's playing well and doing good things, then, you know, stay out there. And if he's feeling good about himself, keep keep going. But I think maybe bringing him off the bench will take some of that anxiety off of him, too. So, um, you know, maybe he'll, he'll flourish a little bit. Now, I will say this. I think Iowa might be walking into one on Saturday just because of the way. It, it yeah. feels like Ohio State, that's make or break game. I agree. After five straight losses. Yep, I, I, I think you're walking into one. Tough you know? spot. Ohio State team that's very talented, just very young. Yeah, lost uh, five games all by single digits here over this stretch. You talk about Patrick and getting back out there, helping out. What we've seen out of Fran, being able to pull out a Peyton Sanford out of a terrible slump. <laughs> Tony Perkins we yeah. saw emerge on Sunday. And the same thing Dick's here. Dick's growing up. Yeah, just to, basketball-wise, Fran able to push those right buttons and, and get guys out of slumps. It's 
it's a lot about the belief that he always talks about with all of his players, isn't it? Hundred percent. I mean, it's it, that's really what it is, and what those guys will talk about, um, you know, publicly and privately, is that um, you know, with Peyton, Peyton's been pretty honest about it. It's like Franz is like, keep shooting, man. <laughs> you know, you're a good shooter, keep mm-hmm. shooting it, and confidence in a young person or for a young person is so important. And if you've got a coach that's going to bury you and take you out of the game, if you miss a shot and, um, you know, tell you to quit shooting because you're not making anything, that's hard to come back from. But, um, with Peyton, he's a really good shooter and, you know, it was just a matter of time and he's back on track now and shooting with that confidence, um, that, uh, that you really like to see from him. And I just think he makes such a huge difference. I mean, I, I put up a thing yesterday on the four wins. He's averaging almost 18 points a game mm. and shooting 50% from three, 59% overall from the field. I mean, he is just, it's a difference maker for Iowa when he makes shots. Uh, from where this team was after Eastern Illinois and then the first two games of the conference, so these last four, including what started, we were forget that the run started 20 minutes into it. They were hooked 10 to Indiana and came back and, and, and put it in the yeah. win column. From where they were to where they are, Trent and I, at least I tried to. I'm not sure Trent was willing to jump aboard. <laughs> I think that this team is going to be in the hunt for one of those four buys when you, when you get to the uh, conference tournament, Tom. I don't think it's crazy to think that they can elevate their play. Look, they're not Purdue, but there's essentially three first-round buys available. I think I was going to be in the conversation for one of those spots from where they were to yeah, this. I- I think I think you're right. I think if you do kind of the projection business a little bit, there's probably a good case for Iowa as anybody else. I think it's going to be a jumbled mess. I think yeah, I, I do see too. Purdue with like two losses and then everybody else with like seven or eight. Uh, like a jumbled mess there it, between seven and ten losses uh, that could swing wildly in the last two weeks of the season. So, yeah, it's going to depend how you're playing down the stretch, the wins you get, but I, you know, I could see Iowa, you know, finishing up, you know, you see 12 and 8. You yeah. can see that, I think. And and that's probably going to get you, if you've got some tiebreakers, um, it's probably going to get you um, a, a bye until um, the the third round. Double bye, yeah. Call it. Yep. The addition yeah. now of the Northwestern game. It's at home. That's good. Mm-hmm. By the between. way, didn't you call that, Tom? I think when everybody was speculating, weren't you first to hit the thirty yeah. first? Yeah, I would, probably was one of the first people to mention the thirty first. <laughs> Sorry, it just seemed like it, it seemed like that was just the perfect place, right? Thirty yeah. first just fell perfectly. Three home games, but a tightened schedule. You're going to play three games in six days. You're kind of ramping everything up. That little bit of break you were hoping to get before November or February, that's going to go away. So with all that, how much more difficult does it make the back half of the schedule? And you know, Hawkeye fans, all their minds were going to the beam falling at Indiana, what, six, seven years back. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I don't think it's a big deal, mainly because it's at home. Sure. And it's in a stretch where they're playing at home. Mm -hmm. So just... It, playing playing that game or squeezing that in, I don't think is as big of a deal as as uh, people want to make it out to be. Mainly just because they don't have to hop on a plane or get on a bus mm-hmm. and go anywhere to um, go play a game. I think that's more of a problem. And for Northwestern, it's not terrible either. 
they're, they're home and home in between there, and all they've got to do is just kind of zip over to Iowa City and play a basketball game. So provided they've got enough healthy players, we'll see. Uh, You never know with anything these days. But, um, yeah, that that one was one that just kind of came out of the blue with the 31st or or with the the, the postponement anyway. Wild. Yeah, I I thought we were past it, sadly. Uh, Apparently we're not. But, uh, anyways, here we are. So we we think Purdue's the best team. We were were sold. Purdue's the best team in the conference. Who's next? (laughs) Iowa. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Not crazy. Depends on the night, right? Izzo, maybe, after Sparty? Night, after, after last night, do you say Michigan State? Do you say... Indiana, uh, had, I, mean, um, they, I mean, Illinois was bad. Indiana took it to them from the jump and just never let them in the game. I, and and this, is, this is after, like, yesterday during the day, I was like, I think, Indi- I, I think Illinois is kind of back. I think yeah. Underwood's finally got them figured out a little bit, and they're playing better. And then... Jackson ooh, Davis showed up. And they just got got trucked and, and you thought Indiana was circling the drain yeah. and then the, here they are making a little bit of a, a comeback and a rally they beat Wisconsin and and you know go to Illinois and win that's that's a tough thing to do um yeah I good question I, it might end up being Izzo it, yeah. it really might be Izzo so we are 20 days removed from the bowl game you would think plenty of time to evaluate your coaching staff Yet here we are. Uh-huh. What are we waiting for, Tom? What is Kirk Ferentz waiting for? I don't know. I think he's just. I think he's kind of just content to um, make us all wait mm-hmm. at this point. But I think we all know what what the answer is going to be. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I just don't think there's going to be any change in in the offensive coordinator position unless, and maybe he's waiting to see if Bill O'Brien gets that, that New England job. Maybe yeah. I don't know. That, that could, could be, be part of it. Yep. Yep, you know. Um, I don't think it's a part of it. But, I think it's all of it. Yeah, it 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 might be that maybe he's just waiting. You know, I, I think it's been published out there, right? That O'Brien is interviewed for the yeah. Job it was yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it was yesterday. Yeah, I think the New England people reported that, and he's probably the leading candidate. We know how Bill likes to hire people that he knows. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, be it family or friend. So I, I would think that might be a natural spot for him to land. And um, and I, I think it's pretty well documented. Brian's talked about this in the past, that Bill O'Brien's one of his best friends in the coaching business. Mm-hmm. So, um, and tried to hire him when he was down at the Texans. And and, uh, wanted, and Brian just said, I, I want to work at the University of Iowa. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where we're, I think where we're going to wait and see what happens there. But the, the thing that hangs over Brian is the lawsuit, yep. and that's the that's yep. the issue. That it, is he hireable somewhere else with that lawsuit hanging over him? I don't know. Hmm. And if he does leave, how how difficult would it be to bring Stephen Ferentz back into the fold? Who lost oh, his gig yesterday in Miami with the Dolphins? Go. New OC, Steve right. Ferentz. <laughs> <No>. From <laughs> linebacker coach. Do you want to see Trent's head explode? Uh-huh. Do that one. Yeah, the collective fan base explode. You're, you're messing I wouldn't be alone. Yeah. No, my gosh. Unbelievable. <laughs> how is on three going over there now, a couple weeks into it? Good. Um, thanks for asking. It's really good. We're just thrilled with the. Uh, group of people we work in there uh with their behind the scenes and and all the national people and uh all the fans especially that have come over and joined us and and uh um yeah we're just tickled it's it's went um 
way, way, way better than uh, I ever imagined it would. Well, we're uh, we're happy for you, Tom. Uh, Thank you. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I'm over there. Appreciate just, you guys mentioning it. No, nope, happy to do it. You're you're certainly uh, we owe you. We um, we love this time slot with you each and every Friday, and yeah. we'll talk to you this time slot next Friday. Thank you, Tom Caker. Have a wonderful weekend. Okay. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yep, good Bye-bye. to talk to you. Tom Kaker, HawkeyeReport.com, part of On3 Media. I think that sale is still going on. The dollar know? sale. You join up for a buck. Yeah. Join up for a Give buck. Give it a test drive. Yeah, it's great. It really is. They're putting out a lot of content. Got a lot of writers over there. Got a lot of support with On3 and everybody else that's come over there. Uh, good stuff. Well, our picks. Yours have been good. Not so much for me. I can't believe the number. I just put it down in the notebook. What is it? Well, yours or mine? Well... I'm at 51 and 48. Yeah. That's still not making money. Yes, I'm over 500. 52.4% is the break-even point. We're just below that. What we, When was the last time I won a game? Well, you didn't last week. You no, were I, I didn't four. week four either. I was 0 for 5. You're 0 for 5. Uh-huh. you got to go back in. Yeah, National Championship week. It's been rough. <laughs> it's been rough. You were 3 and 2 that week, and that's one of the that's few right. winning it weeks is. that you had. 35-62-2. Jesus. Would that get me the booby prize in the circuit contest? We will let people know when we come back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. 1-800-BETS-OFF. Football Friday picks from Miller and Condon on KXNO. Brought to you by Circus Sports. Sports betting the way it should be with Circus Sports Iowa. All right, our final segment of the week. Welcome back, Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Murph and Andy in 11 minutes. Uh, Heather and Sean, KXNO Drive today, as always, from 3 until 6. Well, you gave me my record percentage-wise. Mm-hmm. Would that earn me the prize at Circa this year? Yeah, for Circa Millions, of course, you're playing five games a week against the spread, trying to get up to the top. you got to hit upwards of 68 sometimes 70% to win that contest. To get the booby prize, though, $100,000. Big money. To finish this lap. Now, you have to put in an entry every week. Yeah. That's also a part of it. So uh, the gentleman this year that got the booby prize... Big Booty Judy's was his uh, team name. Okay. He went 29, 55, and 5. So what percentage is that? That is a 345 win percentage. i got to be close to that. You're too good. You're at 360. Uh, well, we'll see if we can get worse this week. I can't. I'm 0 for 9. Oof. <laughs> Uh, as bad as I've been, there was someone in the country worse than me. Well, Trent, as it's been seemingly each and every week, it is your tee box. Thank you very much. And as we've talked about these games throughout the week, I have not adjusted. The one game that I'm close is Cincinnati-Buffalo. I'm taking the view of a gambler reading the number more than what I anticipate to see. Like I said, I think Burrow, regardless of the offensive line, is going to get it out quick. That's the game that I'm concerned. But it's the point move that has kept me here, and I'm going to stick with it. Pick number one, Buffalo, laying the five and a half. It just seems, seems too big. Something's telling me to grab them. Pick number one. Pick number two, let's go to Saturday for our next two, starting with the Jaguars. Yes, I'm grabbing the nine points here. So many close games throughout the years with this Jags team. And Kansas City, not good against the number. Backdoor available, all that together. Plus, there's a little familiarity as these teams played earlier this season, 27-17, the final there. Going to grab the value. Up to nine now with the Jaguars with pick number two. Saturday night, I think this is a clubbing. I think we're (laughs) looking for some basketball. We're looking for something different. 
Give me the Eagles all day long. It's the final Saturday football game of the year. Look, I don't control this. I just bet on it, and I'm going to bet. The but you're going to turn that off if it's a blowout. Oh, absolutely. We got college hoops. We got more important all things right. than this football contest going on. Yeah, that, football's fine. College basketball, you know, that's where it's at. You make your dough. Yep. Minus seven and a half. The number there. Lay it with Philadelphia, and we wrap things up. It will be the final game of the weekend. Dallas at San Francisco. You got the uniforms. This Mm. is a helmet game. Mm. This is everything that you want. America's team against this team of stars. And then our local connection with Brock Purdy and George Kittle. This is going to be a beautiful game on your television screen. I don't know if it's going to be a beautiful game on the field. San Francisco is a lot better, seemingly at every single spot. And that's what I keep coming back to. I love their defense. I like it better than Dallas's. I love their offense. I like it better than Dallas's. And special teams? Yeah, special. You're going to real be confident. Maurer's going to be hitting extra points yeah, out there. I don't know how he can be. You absolutely can't. How does that change what they do? How about a field goal early in the game? You know, it's 7 nothing. They need to get something on the board. It's 4th and six. I guess we're going for it. Huge concerns all over the place. I like all three of them better on San Francisco. I'm laying the four. 49ers, my best bet of the week. All right, Trent Condon, let's get into it. My best bet of the week is game number one, and it is those Kansas City Chiefs. I just can't find a path to make this, uh, to take Jacksonville despite the points. There's an eight and a half at win bet, so I'm going to lay eight and a half uh, on, uh, with, with the Chiefs. Look, the Chiefs, they got a little sour taste. Yes, they won the football game. The free safety for Jacksonville, Cisco, he, took, he knocked Juju Smith-Schuster out of the game, hurt Valdez Scandling, I think that the the Chiefs remember that. I will take Kansas City. I think they're just too good. I think they blow Jacksonville out. So I'll lay nine, or lay eight and a half, rather, in the first game. I will grab eight because South Point's got this number up to eight. I like the Giants in the football game. I think Philadelphia will probably find a way to win it. By the way, the Chiefs are now up to nine and a half, just popped uh, at Westgate, so that number's going up. Uh, but I will take the Giants. Give me the eight points and the New York football Giants. This game I have zero opinion on, and that's the early game on Sunday. Um, Joe Burrow is so good. Those receivers are so good. I think to your point, Trent, and I think this is when I'm going to take Cincinnati, I think you sold me in the fact that, look, Burrow has an offensive line, hasn't had an offensive line since he left LSU. (laughs) He clearly hasn't. Yeah. And look where he is and what he has done. I'll take the points, five and a half of them, in fact, and take the Bengals. And then the nightcap. <laughs> I want to take the Cowboys. Then do it. I'm going we'll be to. be opposite on all four of these games. I'm going to. Are we really? Yeah. I'm going to take the Cowboys. What I saw on Monday, I saw it with my own two eyes. I saw a different Dak Prescott. I get Maher. He's a nightmare. How can you feel confident about this cat? What you can feel confident in is Pollard, CeeDee Lamb, uh, is the tight end, is the offensive line, defense is good. I think the Dallas Cowboys upset the San Francisco 49ers. Let the divisional round begin. You don't have a college college. You don't have a high school basketball game tonight? Nope. Going to be off for a little while on the radio side of things, but looking forward to Walkie Walkie Northwest tonight. That will be outstanding. The rematch. Oof. Too bad. Well, uh, Iowa Wild be on the air tonight. They're pretty good, uh, pretty good air as well. Murph and Andy, five minutes. Kicks and no drive, three to six. We're Miller and Condon weekdays, eleven to one. Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point three K.